0: Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years. And I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God. And on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show. And I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome, friend. Today, we're going to take it in with James 1.20 using my step-by-step Bible study method, and you will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. James 1.20 in the NLT says, Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Are you excited about this (laughs) episode we're going to talk about anger a quick book overview of the book of james the author is james the brother of jesus his audience was jewish christians the date is around ad 45 to 47 and the purpose of the book of james is a couple of different things to offer comfort and hope during persecution and trials to encourage faithful obedience to god and to provide spiritual instruction and encouragement on important matters relating to the unity and life of the church Chapter 1, our chapter for today, has 27 verses, and it is about having a living faith in trials and temptations. And the section that we are in today is about standing firm against unrighteous anger. So one more time, James 1.20 in the NLT, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Step one in the Bible study method is to choose our word, and today our word is produce. It is a verb. It means to yield, to make or manufacture, to generate. Some synonyms of produce are make, craft, build, assemble, construct, create, develop, fashion, form, or cultivate. Some antonyms are things like destroy, break, damage, demolish, dismantle, ruin, spoil, devastate obliterate wreck and abort when we plug in some of these synonyms and antonyms so this is saying that anger human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires so it doesn't build the righteousness it doesn't develop the righteousness it doesn't form the righteousness it doesn't cultivate the righteousness but what it does do is it destroys the righteousness It damages the righteousness. It demolishes, dismantles, ruins, spoils, obliterates, wrecks the righteousness. Talking about human anger. Step two is investigate. We divide that up into four parts. Part one is to compare our word in other translations. The ASV says, worketh not. The amplified, promote. CSB, accomplish. The CEV says, if you are angry, you cannot do any of the good things God wants done. The ERV says anger does not help you live the way God wants. The NASB says it does not bring about. And the NLV says a man's anger does not allow him to be right with God. That's a strong statement, isn't it? A man's anger, a woman's anger does not allow him or her to be right with God. Part two is to research the original word. And the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament says that this word denotes action or active zeal in contrast to idleness or useless busyness. So producing means something is happening that we're getting somewhere instead of either we're just not doing anything or we're not doing anything worthwhile, right? The Strong's number is G2716. I think it's Katergadzamahi. It means to work fully, to accomplish, to finish, to fashion, to cause, to do, to perform. Part three of the investigate step is to read a little bit of commentary. From the enduring word, it says this simple yet pointed statement. Our wrath almost always simply defends or promotes our own agenda. I know that's true for me. I'm pretty confident it's true for all of us. When we are so angry, and especially when we've done something in our anger that's hurt someone else, will we do the brave thing and ask ourselves and ask God, where did that come from? Because most of the time it comes from fear. And fear is a tactic of the enemy. And so will we sit with that and say, when that happened to me, when I got so crazy, insanely mad, and I was willing to say some of the things I said or do some of the things that I did, what was I really afraid of? Will we take that to God and ask him to help us see? And in that fear, will we, in that place of fear that caused that anger, will we ask him to speak to that fear? and heal that fear, and be our defense and our protection for that fear, away from that fear. One of the commentaries said, true righteousness is sown in peace, not wrath. And that doesn't mean nothing good can come from our anger ever. There is a place for righteous anger. I remember so well that when I was in school, we had these meetings or presentations from mad mothers against drunk driving. And we also had student students against drunk driving. We've had these meetings and those that mad effort. I think that was in the eighties, right? That came about because a woman lost her child to a drunk driver. And there were not the kinds of laws about that, that there are now. And she took that grief and that anger. She was very angry that the law had not protected her child. And she took that anger and she created a movement that benefits people to this day. There is a place for righteous anger, but this kind of anger, this human anger that James is warning us about is this anger that's really about reacting from fear and causing damage to other people because of our fear that's manifesting itself in anger. Douglas Mangum writes, James warns against excessive speaking and anger, sins that stifle the implanted word and keeps it from gaining its rightful place of prominence in the heart, leading to the ineffectual religion of merely hearing and not obeying the word. That's referencing James 1, 22. When we go around acting like, Angry and sometimes mean people. It negates any declaration that we have made about who we serve and who we're trying to imitate. And I know that's hard to hear, but there are times when we have a difficult situation with a clerk or in an organization or with an administrator at our kids' school or something. And we might have said that we're a Christian, but how we handle our encounter with someone when we are angry will let them know how seriously we take our walk with Christ. Part four in the investigate step is to rewrite the verse in our own words. And again, the original is human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. And that's from the NLT. And I rewrote the verse like this, while there is a place for righteous anger, as I was just saying, my fleshly desire to be heard above other voices, to be vindicated, or to maneuver things so I get my way does not display the fruit of the spirit I want my life to offer others. Step three in the method is to find the characteristics of God. And I wrote that God is patient That he helps me see where my anger gets in the way and calls me to choose his way. That God is a just judge and I can trust him to right the wrongs. He doesn't need my help. Okay, that's a hard one for us to believe sometimes, but he doesn't need my help. And also I put that God is a present help in trouble. That I can call on him when I'm in a situation that makes my anger bubble. One of the most mature things we can do is practice the pause before we say before we do before we respond react in any way when we can feel you know what it feels like when you're getting really angry before we respond in that will we tell ourselves no be a grown up right and tell ourselves no walk away from it for a moment and think and pray about what we want our response to be. That's when we display the fruit of the spirit. That's when God wins the battle that's sort of in our heart in that moment. So step four is to identify the lie of the enemy. And I wrote this because this is a big one for me. You deserve to be heard, right? It's like everything in me is crying out when I'm angry, when I'm fearful, when I feel like I'm being minimized or shut out. Everything inside of me is like, you deserve to be heard. So be heard however it is that you need to be heard. Raise your voice, slam the door, spew the accusations, shut the other person down, And until your voice is loudest and there's, it's so crazy because that it feels like that's the right thing to do. And then anytime I do something like immediately, I know it wasn't the right thing to do. And so again, the thing that we need to do is be able to practice the pause in those situations. And then the other lie that I wrote down is they are angry at you. So you are justified at being angry at them. And I need to be mature in those situations. When I can feel someone else's anger rising, I have this option. I can let my anger sort of rise to meet them, and we can have this sort of debate, or I can allow my disposition, my response to actually cool off the anger. And even if it's really that I don't say anything, I just say that I need to have some space before we continue this conversation, whatever the case may be, but I don't have to match their anger with my anger. And that's something that I'm, I think I'm getting better at, but I still struggle with it sometimes because I don't like being, being pushed at or being sort of yelled at, not even with like a loud voice, but just the, sort of that like feeling that I'm being yelled at makes me very defensive and I can feel that rising up in me. And that's not who I want to be. I want to do that better. So step five in the study is so what, where we make note of a key takeaway. And I wrote this, anger is not a sin. I think that's really important for me anyway, to be able to say out loud, because a lot of times when I feel anger, I also can feel shame because if you were a better person, you wouldn't. Feel angry. That's not true. Anger itself is not a sin. But when I let the anger be in charge, right, it leads me into hurtful interactions that do not honor God and others. And that's not the behavior that's pleasing to God. That's not who I want to be. That behavior is contrary to God's instructions and needs to be repented and refined. It's a tough topic. We all get angry, we've all done things when we were angry. That we're not proud of. But as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, we can grow in our response and our reactions when we know that we are feeling angry. So, wherever you are with that today, I just encourage you to just continue taking those things to God. Every one of our interactions, even the ones that we are not as proud of, is an opportunity for us to learn, to grow closer to Jesus, to be refined, and to be a better example of. God's love and grace in the world that we live in. And we can do it. We do it one step at a time, right? One step at a time. So I'd love to hear your takeaway. If you have one, email me anytime at studyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever directory you're using to listen. It only takes a second. It guarantees you'll see all the episodes. And it just, quite frankly, helps the show a lot. So thank you to my regular subscribers. I really appreciate you. And if someone came to mind as you were listening today, if if someone has a problem with anger in your life, I don't know that the best thing to do is to share this episode with them. But if you were encouraged by it and you know that someone else might be encouraged by it as well, I would love if you would share this episode with them. Inviting them into what we're doing here is another great way to support the show. I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday for my conversation with Natalie Hickson. Friend, I've had a lot of brave conversations on this show, but mine with Natalie's ranks close to the top. Natalie talked with me about anger, her own anger, a family cycle of abuse, and how God used an unexpected conversation to invite her to draw a line in the sand for her family and say no more. Her testimony is our Live It Out on James 1.20. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.